very special episode of Faking Lit. My name is Xinxi and this is a book club podcast in which I sit down and talk about a book with some very good friends. And this is a special episode because we have got a very special book on the show. Yes, that's right. This is our much long awaited and very highly anticipated Faking Lit episode about The Winds of Winter by George R. R. Martin. Uh, now, as people know, The Winds of Winter hasn't been officially released yet, but thanks to some judicious uh, searching on uh, the deep web, I was able to come up, uh, just come across a very uh, elite version of the manuscript, which I believe somebody must have hacked into George R. R. Martin's files and got it. So we will be, we've all read the book, we've had thoughts about it, we've picked out our favorite chapters we will be reading them out to you and then discussing each chapter in turn um let's go around the table and see who's joining me on this adventure today oh hi i'm alice burden um nice to see you all again mm, good to see you as well alice who else have we got here joseph murphy joseph oh God. now you are the resident expert on game of thrones and the song of ice and fire is that correct i i am um, i read all the books more than once oh. which is a record for me I've also read um, uh, A Song of Ice and Fire The Compendium and also all of George R.R. R. Martin's lesser known works which also contribute to the greater universe of his works um, Ooh, wow okay yes thank you're you you're a regular Meister Picel, aren't you <laughs> see that as a character from the books yes yes Meister Picel. that's right <laughs> that's right uh and who else have we got here? Oh, hello, um, Harren. Uh, there once was a man called Harren who had an affair with Tim Farron, uh, the down fell a rock and severed his cock, and now he's unfortunately barren. One of the weirdest introductions ever um, <laughs> on the show. I'm a professor of, from the University of Limerick. That's good. Had nothing to do with Game of Thrones. Uh, no, <laughs> well, it was set in Ireland, isn't it? I mean, all that time you were preparing that Limerick, yeah. and you could have at least made some sort of reference to the fact that there was Game of Thrones Day. I mean, I've seen all the Game of Thrones, yeah. No, I know, I understand yeah. that, but Tim Farron's about as far from Game of Thrones ever. Like, I'm just saying, you, you had time, oh, you had time. I, he is actually onto something. Um, the uh, mythos of A Song of Ice and Fire was based on the Celtic legends of Ireland, so inadvertently you've actually made it quite an astute point. Well, there you go. I guess I'll have to defer to the Game of Thrones expert. <laughs> and finally, who is our special guest today? Hey dude, my name's Trey Birkenstock. Uh, I'm the excellent uh, consultant for the book, yeah. Oh, uh, great to have you here, Trey. Uh, for I, the, you, what, you're the accent consultant for the book? Yeah, man. Okay. I work with George, man. Wow, okay. I didn't realize that he needed the consultant for the accents in the book. Oh, man, yeah, you, you need that, man. You, you got to know what, how Dothraki's going to be going down, you know? You, you can't not. Yeah. Right, 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 right. I mean, you got to, like, but, uh, he, he's writing it. He's not saying it. That's what I just Yeah, heard. but he, he writes it, he writes it and, and he does the voice in his head. The way I, I, I advise him to, man. That's okay. great. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, thank you for coming down. This is very exciting. You've got an insider's uh, knowledge of the series, I guess. So, uh, well, let's crack on with this, shall we? Um, let's, let's, let's start off with some background to The Winds of Winter. Now, this is the, I believe, uh, sixth book in the series, uh, if I'm correct. Um, and the following up to uh, the previous book, which was A Dance of Dragons. Um, now, Dance of Dragons came out in 2011, so it's been almost se seven years since uh, the last book came out. Uh, a friend was pointing out to me the other day that 
it's more time has elapsed between Dance with Dragons and uh, The Winds of Winter than elapsed during the whole of World War Two, and which I didn't know we were using as a measurement of time these days. But uh, it really puts it in perspective, uh, like of what somebody can achieve if they really put their mind to it, really, in a given amount of time. Um, I mean, it feels it's also weird coming to this book having known what happens in the TV series, which seems to have caught up with the books, really. Mm. Uh, I'd like I'd like to just put this out there that I am purist and I haven't watched the TV series. I, ex- I totally respect that. I totally respect so, that. So, no spoilers. For the TV series. For the TV series. Okay, yeah, that's fine. You get them all, all, all the voices wrong as well. Well, and then I was going to ask you about this, Craig. I mean, it's, it's, you, it's, it's, do you have any input in the in the show at all? Yeah, but they they, they just ignore everything I say, man. What? What? Really? What yeah, that? yeah. No, it's a bit of a sore a sore subject, but basically, they conspire against me, and they just try and ignore me whenever they they say, "Hey, Trey." Uh, it's me, Jon Snow. Uh, uh, what, 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 what voice should I do? Uh, how much do I know? Uh, and then, and then they just ignore everything I say. I say like, dude, the Northerners, man, they're like basically like the Pakistanis of, of, of there. So do one of those accents, yeah. And then they just don't do it, man. It's they're all like. Is that your advice to them? It's like you know the Pakistani, do a Pakistani, do one, Pakistani man. accent. Could you that, do it? Could you do one for us? No. Yeah, so like you might be like, uh, hello, my name's Jon Snow. Something like that, man. You know, it's. Uh, Sounds like well. It's traditional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah but can you do which... it again? No, I can't do it again, man. I don't want it, to. Just one more time, time, please, please, one more time for us. Uh, yeah. Maybe if I give you a line from the show. Sure. Uh, Go ahead, man. Uh, 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 Vela Mogulis, whatever they say. Vela Mogalis. Vela Mogalis. Yeah, it's man. Okay, all right. Yeah, so, 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 they get right. They, get they, right. They, they they speak. They're, they're like the New Yorkers, man. They're like the New Yorkers of of this. They, they're like uh, uh, oh, sorry, from Bravos, no, not Dothraki. Nah, yeah, but we use it interchangeably, mate. Uh, uh, it, it, you you got to be liberal if you're flexible with these things, man. Okay, it's just because that's how it's written in in the books. Uh, yeah, but the books like they're always changing. He's right, you know. They are changing. It's culture, man. It's true. It's true. This is like a. It's it's um. I I have to I have to ask you straight at this point. What makes you uniquely qualified for this role of accent consultant on the book series and the TV series? Uh, I surf. Do you? Uh, yeah. I would never have guessed that. Some gnarly, gnarly <laughs> waves. Uh, and you know, like the Great Wall is basically like the gnarliest wave man all right that's like that's one big yeah. wave yeah 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 just yeah, yeah. that's never going down man or is it i don't know read the book <laughs> spoilers well actually i have to say right at the top right now obviously we will be discussing um trey is making a, a gang sign in front of the microphone now gnarly okay okay that? all right no all right, okay. right, right. we got it we get it we get it we get the gang signs very good <laughs> okay. Um, up from the top, we are going to be going to really sp- big spoiler territory for this. So, if you don't want your experience of the seventh book in the uh, Song of Ice and Fire series ruined for you, maybe give this episode a skip. Uh, but if you're if you don't care, if you want a little bit of a taste, then stick with us, because I, I think you might be surprised by uh, the twists and turns that this book has taken. Um, 
we've all chosen our favorite chapters uh, from this book, which we've picked for personal reasons, um, because maybe they're our favorite characters, or maybe it's because it's written very well, and there may be some shocking, shocking moments here. So hang on to your hats. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start us off, if I may, when we're gonna discuss each chapter in turn. So um, I'm gonna pick the chapter and read it out to you now. The one that I chose was a Jon Snow chapter. So, um, <clears throat> let's get started. John. John waited. The candles above him blinked and sparked out of the air like bits of fire caught in a bag. There were white walkers in Castle Black. He didn't see them, but he had expected them now for years. He had sent countless ravens to King's Landing asking for men, money, weapons, anything that the crown could spare. And then yesterday, one raven had returned carrying only the simple message, New King, who dis? <laughs> his requests and his warnings had been ignored, and now it was too late. Far too late for them now, anyway. In the mess hall, the few men he had left were making peace with themselves. Some prayed, some drank, some cursed the seven. Dolorous Ed had taken to singing raucous songs with Pip. They had composed a song that was dedicated to their commander, which they had only titled Snow. And this is a bit where it goes into italics to denote the fact that this is the song they're singing. Informer, you know say Daddy Snow me, I'm a blame. A licky boom boom down. Protected man says Daddy Snow, stab someone down the lane. A licky boom boom down. Informer, you know say Daddy Snow me, I'm gonna blame. A licky boom boom down. Protected man says Daddy Snow, stab someone down the lane. A licky boom boom down. John wasn't entirely sure what the song was actually about, but it seemed highly complimentary. As ghosts padded silently by his side, the albino wolf nodded his head as if in approval at the song, and John reached down to pet his loyal companion. John found his mind drifting back to happier days at Winterfell, and thought for the first time he had seen the thought of the first time that he'd seen the men of the Watch dressed in their black cloaks. He knew that as the bastard son of Edward Stark, his destiny was to take the black with them. Regardless, he'd still said, "I want to be in the Watch." No, John, you will be killed by demons," his father had replied forcefully. Also, John, I might not actually be your actual father, he had added with a sly wink. <laughs> John hadn't given it much thought at the time, but now he find him, found himself wondering what he had meant by that. John was suddenly shaken out of his reverie by a clamor coming out of the hallway. Gren, one of the characters who was still very much alive in the books, came running into the mess hall. Lord Commander, the White Walkers are here. You must fight the demons. So John got at his plasma rifle and blew up the wall. <laughs> He's going to kill us, said the demons. I will shoot at him, said the Night's King, who was in charge of the demons, and he fired his rocket missiles. John plasmed him and tried to blow him up, but then the ceiling fell, and they were trapped and not able to kill. No! I must kill the demons, he shouted. Then Ghost opened his mouth and spoke. No, John, you are the demons. And then John was a zombie. Well, I mean, let's take a moment to really, that's some, some twists and turns there. Um, seeming confirmation, of the uh, that conspiracy theory about the lineage of Jon Snow. Mm. Yeah, that's <laughs> some subtle writing by George there with the, uh, the sly wink. Uh, I, I didn't actually uh, pick up on that the first time I read it, um, but he re he wrote those words even smaller so you couldn't see them. Yeah, mm -hmm. I I think it was some some brave decisions made. Um, like this chapter to me, the reason I picked it out is because. Jon Snow is basically my favorite character in the series. I think he's amazing, he's great. And also it's a testament to the merciless quality of 
the, uh, of this book series where anyone can die. I mean, look at that. It says right there, John, John was a zombie. All along possibly even, because it didn't even actually say. And also, Ghost spoke. Ghost, the, you know, because he was a wolf that couldn't speak, because um, wolves don't speak anyway, but he couldn't howl even. And suddenly he was like, yeah, I could talk all along. <laughs> and I have to tell you that you are the demons, John. I mean, mm. how are we supposed to take this? How are we supposed to take this? I think this is George being quite astute, I must say. Uh, for we all have inner demons. He's actually said this in interviews. He doesn't write characters as good guys and bad guys. He writes us all with our own inner demons. Mm. So mm. when you have the dog actually literally saying you are the demons, right, right, that's right, right, right. Uh, another slight to, to this overall philosophy that encompasses the books. Mm. Uh, mm. I didn't see the plasma rifles coming, in all fairness. Um, Yes, but that's just George R. R. Martin twists and turns. Yes, absolutely. Mm. I was I was wondering about that part as well because mm. it's, it was it seemed the sudden departure from this world of um, bows and arrows and swords, mm. and then suddenly like we got plasma rifles and rocket missiles. But you know what's magic? Mm. It's magic. It doesn't have to make sense, right? You can just throw that in there. It's magic. Are you sure they're not they they're not euphemisms for some erogenous organ? So like, you oh, hey, okay? Honey, can you get your plasma rifle out tonight? So what you're saying is that okay? Let me read back the part again. Um, the line was so John got his plasma rifle and blew up the wall. So you're saying that he grabbed his penis. He's special though, isn't he? Mm. It's like a, and also blew up. Yeah, exactly, did he actually yeah. explode it, or you did need he to, just you need to pull blow out it up? And, yeah, you know, uh, pull out. Where do you go? Up the wall. Yeah. <laughs> up the wall. He blew up the wall. <laughs> His load up, up the wall. Exactly. Yeah. After he was in the mess hall, <laughs> listening yeah, to a song exactly. about himself. Yeah. The mess hall. It's all very he messed, yeah. he, messed his, he blew up his mess up on the wall. There's layers to it. There's layers there's to a, it. There's layers. a real relatability to that. The amount of times I've had to clean my cum off the side of the wall after missing a shot. <laughs> missing. Okay. What yeah, are yeah. For? Oh, my wife's face. <laughs> Trey, um, I know that I. I was doing a fairly flat reading of that. I wanted to check with you. Were you, were you happy with the accent choices I made? That were they complete? I know I probably was off, completely off it's track. It's a leak you boom boom down. <laughs> Is that how it would have been pronounced in the yeah. world of Westeros? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do totally. you think my um, interpretation of um, the line uh, "He going to kill us" was appropriate for the demons? Yeah, well, the demons are actually they're 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 more kind of like Scottish, uh, the, the Scots of Westeros. So the, the demons, would have been more like, like a, the demons would have been a bit more like. Ugh. Okay. I'm I'm Scottish. <laughs> yeah, you're really good at these accents. Thanks, man. <laughs> it's a lot of practice, you know. George and I, we sit back, we just like have, have smoke some jazz cigarettes. And we just rule them out, man. We just go, we get smoked up. George, George is old, man. He's old, but he, he can party. Yeah. Oh, he seems like a pretty cool guy. Um, I have something to worry about his health, though. He seems to party a bit too hard for a man of his um, girth. Uh, <laughs> oh, he does, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got some stories, yeah? Some stories. Oh, can, can you tell us some of these stories? Story? I, mean, I know this is going public. If it gets a bit too, like, if you, we can bleep out whatever of sensitive stuff. But, like, so, regardless of it, like, uh, George R. R. Martin party the, the The plasma rifles, there was actually a lady edition yeah mm -hmm. so we were actually <laughs> we were totally stoned yeah <laughs> and uh i bet i said hey george i bet you can't eat 50 big macs and then he said fuck you man i'm gonna eat 50 big macs and then the and the dude went 
850 Big Macs fell into a coma, and when he came out of the coma, he was like, Plasma Rockers, go back in, man. We're gonna do some Plasma Rockers. So wait, he was in a coma. How how long? Oh, uh, two weeks, man. But luckily, he had eaten so many calories that he didn't need to keep eating, you know? So he, he could just saw him over, and I just, I pipetted like water droplets in his eyes to hydrate him. <laughs> I think this is a good time to say that this episode is sponsored by McDonald's. <laughs> I didn't get that. Well, memo. the books are as well. The books are. It's totally. It's a silent. Though. They just do it as a philanthropy. Um, I, this is possibly why it's taken them so long to finish these books, because he keeps eating Big Macs and falling into comas. Yeah. But that's like his muse. This is muse. I mean, well, like, yeah. it, it has to be a... I mean, I'm just saying there must be a better way to get the ideas out of his head than eating Big Macs and you know, ev- everyone's got their vice man mm-hmm. you know everyone's got their vice everyone's got their muse it just so happens that George R. R. Martin's vice and muse is eating 50 Big Macs at a time <laughs> falling into a coma and then riding for 15 minutes when he comes out the other side oh, yeah it was quite a quick digestive system <laughs> 15 minutes no it's after two weeks oh, in a coma okay. man <laughs> <laughs> two weeks to to, to process the Big Macs, man. Yeah. Does he have to wear a nappy while he's in the coma? <laughs> no, we do it. We do it in the bathroom, man. You do what? In the I bathroom? sit in the bath. I sit in the tub. He sits on on the on the on the on the, on the, on the <laughs> toilet, and then we just go, man. So he he goes in the he doesn't blow up the wall. Good uh, into the. No, it's so crude. So sorry, crude. sorry, dude. That's no, not cool. This man. is a real, not real insight. Blown up. <laughs> 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 it's it's true, true. Um, yeah. Sh- okay. This is a real um, insight into uh, uh, an artist's method. I have. This is incredible. Such a, honestly, absolute privilege having you on the show. Um, just it's to cool. Share man. these gems of the creative process of George R. R. Martin. Um, well, that that got me. That got my motor running. That that except. Um, it it for me. It seemed that sequence where Edward Stark gave us a sly wink justified the entirety of this project. It's like confirmation. It's like he might not actually be Jon Snow's father. He doesn't actually say who Jon Snow's father actually is, but the fact that he's actually giving us a wink and something like, hey, hey, mm, that to me is total Edward Stark. That's exact. It's a great cameo as well from Edward yeah. Stark. Didn't expect yeah. to see him again in this yeah. in the series. Um, Good guy. In the uh, first book, he didn't he get his head chopped off? Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I, I'm dead, dead, so dead. Mm. Like, I, or is he? Wink. Nah, he's dead. He's definitely dead. Like, I, he wasn't in the book. I mean, but we've all read the book, so we know yeah. what's going on. We totally know going read on. the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, I wrote it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, oh, does anybody else want to um, get their, uh, their their excerpt ready for us? For the, I think we're ready to delve into the book once more. <clears throat> Alice, okay. you look like you're ready to. Yeah, this search. one's a, this one's a funny one. It's kind of like chapterception. Oh, okay, okay. All right, let's get ready. Uh, it's Little Finger. Mm, okay. Little Finger leafed through the diary he just found with his little fingers. It was the colour of a new rose, covered in sparkling gems and feathers, and held together with a tiny padlock. Naturally. He'd ripped it apart with his tiny but strong fingers. <laughs> Husbands and wives keep no secrets, he reassured himself. He flicked through the earlier pages and chose one at random. 
he saw a crude drawing of a young man surrounded by hearts and the words, Mrs. J. Baratheon. He felt surge of jealousy and turned to something more recent. <clears throat> Dear diary, busy day. A boy kissed me and he's 25 years older than me. <laughs> I am so cute. And guess what? He asked me to be his wife. Me! I literally don't know what to do. Anyway, we're to be wedding the morrow. The servants keep talking. They say Mr. Littlefingers loves my mum, but sorry, no offence. I am way hotter than my mum. I am the I am the cutest patootest ever. Oh diary, I'm just so excited. I knew I was too cute for a boy my age. Ugh. Joffrey, what was I thinking? <laughs> I can't wait for my fiancé to caress my body with his tiny fingers. <laughs> anyway, diary, we've got lamprey pie for dinner. Yum yum. Love ya, Sansa. Little finger felt his other little finger <laughs> grow in his breeches. <laughs> he was hungry for some lamprey pie. <laughs> Wow, wow, what that was a great choice. What a chapter, what a chapter. What's great about that selection is that we almost it was almost like getting a twofer, wasn't it? You got two yeah. what, POVs yeah. for the price of one. Yeah. You got a bit of you got a bit of little finger action and a little bit of Sansa yeah. in there as well. Um interesting to see that Sansa, who's meant to be living incognito at this point in the story, mm. is basically blithely keeping a diary in which she keeps her name and reveals all her thoughts and secrets. Uh and just carelessly. It's a secret diary, around. that's what's it's the whole point. It's got a padlock on it. I, I mean, like, walk me through your. Why did you choose that particular chapter? I mean, as a woman, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. obviously, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I kept a diary when I was a teenager, right, 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 and right. I related a lot because when you're like, what, how old is she? Very young, um, fifteen, thirteen, twelve, right, eleven. Okay. I, I can't. Anyway. When I was that young, I used to write diaries about the boys I fancied, and you know, I was just related to it, and you know, the language and everything. And I thought it was really great of George to kind of, you know, actually think, get into the mindset of a teenager and how they talk. So it was quite relatable. Also, love a bit of sexiness. Yeah, the the little finger. I actually thought it wasn't as sexy as some of his other. Well, yeah, characters. because um, one like uh, it was a describing a scene in which. Sex doesn't actually happen, and mm. um, it wasn't between a child and a fully grown man. I guess, like um, yet, yes, yeah. I mean, like um, this is the thing that always uh, is key to remind people of uh, at this point um, in any discussion about the books of uh, uh, George R. R. Martin is that um, the characters in the books are significantly younger than the the, uh, the way they appear in the TV series. So uh, at this stage of uh, the Winds of Winter, Sansa is about 13 years old yeah I mean look there's no getting around it people used to marry young back in these made-up days of Westeros uh, where I mean technically he made it all up who are we to question the rules that he set for this world right right um, but yes a little bit gross a little bit gross uh, but, but, but what you're missing though is that that Westeros is actually the, uh, Every day is actually half the length of a normal Earth day. Okay. So she's actually 26 because the sun goes around twice as fast. So in Earth years, she's 26, but in Westeros years, 13. 
I feel I'm learning so much about this book series. He I never love. goes into it because he sort of expects you to figure it out from who all these kids might be fucking. You should know, like, man, these kids aren't. Why are all these kids fucking? You have to figure it out. You have to go. Oh wait, or maybe they're not kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that the the Earth that Westeros is on goes around the sun mm. differently. He is, uh, to be fair, winter. Is, is coming. Takes ages, man. And it might blow up the it wall only when com- it does. It, it comes. Yeah. It comes. Up um, the wall. It does come up. It comes across the wall. It comes over the wall, doesn't it? Yeah. Yep. Winter. All over. All but over. they're like waiting for winter and mm. haven't had a winter in ages. So yeah, you're right. The Absolutely. years are slower. Mm. Doesn't that make Littlefinger like 86 or something <laughs> like that? Mm. He's pretty sprightly. For He's in good shape, it. man. He's got powerful fingers as well. He can tear metal with his fingers. I don't know if you picked up on that, but that's why they're so bad. I missed out on that. He's like he tore open. He tore open the padlock with his finger. With just like even strong I, fingers. He put his finger in the hole of the padlock. I love like strong guy, master of secrets. Yes, gathering information. From always, the girl's diaries, totally. Mm. He just gets everything. Gets everything. Um, I, I, let's talk about what this means for the people who are the little finger Sansa shippers out there, who are horrible, horrible human beings. But let's give them like, what does this mean for the people who uh, believe in that um that ship who ship them those characters? It seems to be an advancement, right? Mm. Yeah, she's clearly, she's clearly. I think the thing with Sansa, she's very vain. So the fact that she's like considered like more attractive than her mum mm, is mm. like that's going to do it for her. Yes, yeah, I mean, let's let's face it. Littlefinger knows which buttons to push for those fingers of his. You know, like he knows how to manipulate people to do whatever he wants. Yeah, uh, and and even if it is a thirteen-year-old child, because uh, like um you know they're difficult to get to manipulate. Really, mm. um, they're smart that way. But um, do you think that, I mean, Sansa's always been portrayed as a sort of uh, very hopelessly immature and kind of romantic, idealistic, woolly-headed character. It doesn't seem like she's learnt any lessons from her horrible experiences in the book. Oh, well, it's just, if you just don't mind me reading it out again, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just this bit. Um, I knew I was too cute for a boy my age. Ugh, Joffrey, what was I thinking? Yes, no, that so, was... So, uh, yeah, she has... You know, she knows, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that 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 was definitely like a not a great relationship for anybody in that space. No, uh, especially when she, uh, you know, when he stuck her father's head on that stick. I mean, I mean, you know, we all want a little head, but not our father's <laughs> on a stick. <laughs> I, <laughs> deal breaker, deal breaker. Like, just absolutely. He's like, get out of there, girl. Get out of there. The minute, uh, a, yeah, yeah. the minute a guy cuts off your father's head and makes you stare at it on a stick, get out of there, girl. Get <laughs> out of there. Mm-mm-mm. Girlfriend, what are you doing with Ramsey? Show only. Yeah. Nasty boy, nasty boy, ain't nothing. Mm. No good. Um, so I, maybe Littlefinger's a better choice then. Is he? That's the thing, listeners out there. What would you prefer, Littlefinger or that Ramsey guy? Or Ramsey Bolton. Ramsey Bolton. Um, no, um, obviously both. I'm not great choices. Uh, I I always thought to myself, and this might be controversial, that the person that Sansa should end up with, the Hound. Aww. Yeah, true love wins. I mean, I don't. Doesn't he die? Uh, well, 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 interesting. Does he? Grave digger chapter. Uh, I'll never sorry, tell. Sorry, guys. Well, I will. I will tell because this is a spoilerific episode. Yeah, the Hound is actually alive and well. He's and a zombie! 
No, 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 he's not a zombie. Oh, he's not a zombie. No, no, no. He's a grave digger. He's the opposite of a zombie. He's literally putting people in the ground. Like, ah. Can't get more. He can't. Get, that's the opposite of being a zombie. Mm. Right? I mean, if you were a zombie grave digger, you'd be kind of like an Uncle Tom, wouldn't you? Really? Yeah. Right. Surely it's a midwife is the opposite of a zombie. I haven't thought that one through, really. But... <laughs> That was true, man. Yeah, well, oh, thank you. Yes. I think he's right, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, You're both right, though. I mean, George and I had a lot of talks about the opposite of a zombie, and we came up with both of those. Mm. You have check a little, out. Uh, was this one of your conversations deep into the night after a party um, where he was on the toilet typing away <laughs> and you were oh, in the bathtub? giving birth to a giant <laughs> book. <laughs> is, that, is that how he talks? Is that how he talks, yeah. Is that, is that what he said? <laughs> Well, he actually talks exclusively in train drive, train driver's accent. You oh, know, that's why he wears the hat all the time. George will be like, poop, <laughs> exactly, Exa- that's exactly. You'd be like, you'd be like, all of, all aboard, all aboard the Game of Thrones Express. Woo! Does he identify? Sounds more like an American football player. Same thing, man. <laughs> Does he identify as a train driver then? Yeah, yeah, he self-identifies as a train driver. Wow, I did not know that. that so that explains that. Ah, yeah, trans-occupationalist, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I, well, thank you very much for sharing that excerpt with us. Okay. Alice, that was a great choice, I think. I think we um, we got a lot of insight, some useful insider knowledge about the things to come uh, further down the story. Um, who wants to read their, their excerpt next? I guess I will. Um, my, my excerpt is, uh, is, is it's about three pages. Uh, it's from the um, Samwell uh, oh, chapter two. Fan favorite Samwell. I won't spoil what happens in the first chapter, but Samwell he has quite the character arc, so he's in a completely different situation. So let me begin. Samwell chapter two. King's Landing was aching bad for justice. In days recent, crime had soared high. The economy had failed in the new country. And by new, I mean 20,000 years old. The iron bankers had all satisfied their bank accounts with all the money left in the country somehow. The iron bankers then stored the money in offshore accounts in the free cities and got away with it real well. Crime was pretty bad, but Samuel Tarley was just the man for the job. Samuel Tarley would set it all straight one night. Gods, help! A woman cried into the night. Samuel Tarley heard the woman scream. He sat in a tavern smoking a pipe. The gods don't exist, Samuel Tarly whispered in the empty tavern. Samuel Tarly lifted his shirt and pressed a burning ember of his pipe onto his stomach as he flexed. This was the only way he put out his pipes. Coughing up a laugh, Samuel Tarly walked towards the woman screaming for help. The city torches were dim as everybody's hope. He continued to walk, looking as he flexed his arms. His tight black night watch jeans made the bulge of his wieners seem more massive than a lot of things. Wet parchment papers threw on the black tar top, hinting that a hideous apocalypse was near. Yeah. He flexed the, he flexed again, then grabbed for his bulge. He grabbed the penis with his whole hand and gave it a firm adjusting. The wind blew the rubbish in a, in a tornado, which went all over the place between buildings into the alleys. Then he spit on the ground. Oh no! Stop you monsters! Monsters! The woman screamed again. I'm coming! Daddy's coming! Samuel Tarly 
talk to the wind like easy small folk jazz into the night. He turned the corner into the alley to find a woman pinned on the ground. Two men were teaming up on her. It was animalistic. It was raw. Samuel Tarly knew the drill. He beat their asses. Then he gets to know the girl, and he, she owes her life to him. He knew it all too well. You punks want a tight hole to fuck? <laughs> Samuel Tarly announced. The two men looked up at Samuel Tarly. They saw in his eyes a sparkle of justice, and they knew he had, they had trouble, something fierce, coming their way. Why don't you walk away before we mess you up, bitch? One of them yelled like a wild maniac elephant. Samuel Tarly walked closer to them. The woman felt Samuel Tarly's manliness, and she was instantly turned on by him. He approached quick. One of them stood to his feet and put his fists up. You know where I'm going to put them fists? Samuel Tarly asked, but not, did not need an answer. Probably up your ass. The guy answered. The woman let out another scream like a cat being held down while its stomach scratched and petted. You guessed wrong, punk, Samuel Tarly replied. So, tell him what he's won, Johnny. Samuel Tarly shouted, and the other guy still on top of the woman. Samuel Tarly did a roundhouse kick. The heel of his boot met the dude's face. Blood went everywhere. Samuel Tarly had broke the guy's neck and his head was hanging loose on top of his shoulder. Samuel knew his power. The guy with the broken neck fell to the ground with a loud thud. The alley was red with the intensity of the blood. You killed him! The guy on top of the woman screamed. You're next, Samuel Tarly declared. The woman lay there, her heart rate rose like mercury in a thermometer, or whatever the Westerosi equivalent of a thermometer is, resting under a fevered tongue. Samuel Tarly threw caution to the wind and ran as fast as powerful as he could towards the man. He was a dangerous man, but Samuel Tarly knew danger all too well. Samuel Tarly danced on the Great Wall once with three unleashed lions. He had slept outside in the icy tundra of the far north with a lighter and a roll of razor wire and was found frozen but he was able to come back to life like Jon Snow once he was fought out. Samuel Tarly cut his cocaine with danger. <laughs> Samuel Tarly flew through the air with a cool song playing in his head. The bear and the maiden fair was that song. The heel of his boot met the dude's face and the guy's jaw fell to the ground as Samuel Tarly boot hit his face. The woman was covered in blood instantly and the wet fragments of pulp mixed with teeth and bone fell all over her luscious body. It splattered all over her face and ran down her, ran down her really great boobs. Samuel Tarly noticed her boobs the minute he landed on the ground. You're gonna eat that? Samuel Tarly asked the woman. She lay there like a lioness in heat. Oh, you're the strongest man I've ever met, she said with a velvet voice. Samuel Tarly stood there and flexed until his shirt ripped in various places. I am the strongest person I've ever met, babe. He spoke like angels sing. She whipped away the blood from her face and most importantly her boobs. <laughs> Some fragments of bone and teeth were shot and poked into her perfect skin as she tried to wick it all away. Samuel Tarly became aroused. Get on your knees and tell me you love me, baby. Pointing with his index finger at his tight bulge. She scrambled to his thighs and took his pants down to his knees. She put his hard cock in her mouth. 
Oh, baby. Oh. This is such a great huge dick. She gobbled the words out. I know, baby. He grasped his wiener and smacked her on the side of his face with it. The blood splattered a bit and little speckles of blood landed on Samuel Charlie's chin. That a girl. Put it all the way in your mouth. You're so safe. It's fantastable. Her body quivered as she creamed her garment in anticipation of Samuel Tali porting her soft vagina. Samuel Tali took out a cigarette and lit it up. The light from the flame of his lighter illuminated the alley. He looked at the two dead dudes on the ground and saw all the blood. He flexed his cock in rejoice of the victory. His dick inflated a bit and he moaned with satisfaction. The one guy with the broken neck had black, red, thick blood bubbles compound from the compound fracture on his neck. The bubbles made a greasy slapping noise and Samuel Tarly smiled because he knew no more harm would come to this woman's way. Really, I'm a come. I love you so much, he grunted. His words made her orgasm instantly and she squirted her juices. She slipped through her panties and jeans. Samuel Tali could smell her sweet juice. Samuel Tali came a cup and a half of jizz and blasted the woman's head back at a noticeable amount. He lifted his shirt and put his cigarette out. The woman hugged Samuel Tali's thighs. The torches in the streets hum their beautiful melodies and the planet talked to the stars in a glorious praise that mankind will never know because justice was served. <laughs> that was um, amazing, yeah. That was brilliant. That was possibly one of the finest chapters in the uh, whole book. Joe, walk us through why this was your particular choice uh, for this episode. I think it was the imagery, really. It really just sort of like, it just leaps out of the page. Um, I mean, sort of, yeah, it was just, you know, it was quite, there was quite a lot going on, really. And Samuel, he's been building up to this point for some time, really. You right, know, right, sort right, right. Of, he used to be quite shy and introverted. Um, and, you know, over the course of the novels, you've seen him become more assertive to the point where it seems quite plausible that he could, you know, kick a man's head off. Right, 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 come. absolutely. Um, That's quite a sizable amount. Very, obviously, I mean, uh, in the books, obviously, it's stated that he is a 16-year-old boy still. And it's incredible that he's developed in such a short space of time to this um, muscled mm. uh, Adonis who can seemingly flex everything. Uh, yes, yeah, he's no longer a boy. I would say after that, he's, oh, he's, no. he's quite a man. No, oh, quite absolutely. a man. I, I, I found it interesting as well reading the chapter um, that you read because George R. R. Martin has stated repeatedly in his interviews that. Um, he sees himself as Samwell mm. in the books, mm. um, so I can understand why he'd write that. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. He, I think like he's finally sort of getting to grips with the character and mm. himself in uh, some ways. Who knows? I think I th it's clear that George R. Martin enjoyed reading that, um, writing that, um, that, that excerpt. Uh, it just came out on the page, didn't it? Absolutely, and up the wall as well. Mm. I, I absolutely enjoyed reading that. One of the most enjoyable parts about the uh, book. Mm. If we do any more of these podcasts for Game of Thrones, we should call it Up the Wall. Uh, that's a good one. Mm. That's a good one. Up the wall. Um, blowing it up the wall, I'd say. Mm. Uh, what, I mean, what does everybody, uh, every, everybody else think about that excerpt? I mean, obviously, like, just take a bit, um, a few moments to let that sink in, because that was a epic piece of oh, poetry. Really sexually explicit. I want to know what was his writing process behind that. Um, Trent. A tray. Trey. Trey. Yeah. I think I was away for this book. <laughs> I think I, 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 I had to get my uh, driver's license renewed 
And he went, and, then, and he he just was writing a letter, say, hey, hey George, I'm going out, and he's like, okay, I'm writing something about some guy kicking off a head and some shit. And I was like, sounds crazy, man, but sounds good. Keep going. And then that this must have been the bit that he, yeah, yeah, your, your accents were perfect, man. The way I, the yeah. justice, the way he spoke about justice, is exactly how how Samuel talks about justice. I felt like I was there with him. It was <laughs> so authentic. Not, I mean, George R. R. Martin gets a lot of like, um, uh, you know, people make fun of his uh, long descriptions of food uh, and lamprey pie, uh, lamprey pie, lemon cakes, all that sort of stuff. Hard cheese, hard cheese, black bread, and ba burnt bacon. All this sort of stuff. He he would go on for pages, but. Not enough is said about his ability to write a great sex scene. Um, that was great. Infused with violence. I mean, I think everybody who's a fan of the books got everything that they could ask for in that chapter. You had it all. You had fan favorite Samwell having a moment of awesome. You had you had violence, bone crunching, head flying, violence mixed with sex simultaneously. Um, the bit with the blood and brains and the boob. Oh, I thought, God. It's 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 amazing and it's also alliterative as well, mm. which I loved. I loved that. Everything about that was just fantastic, stirring piece of writing, and that's why that's why we read. That's why we read books. Mm, yeah. Um, mm. Thank you. Thank, thank you for um, thank you for sharing that with us, Joseph. That was a great choice of our chapter. Um, does any um, are we, shall we move on to uh, the next excerpt? Does anybody want to? Oh yeah. So yeah, and um, Harren. Uh, I wrote mine um, from the POV of um, a new character called uh, Dal Fredo. You wrote it from uh, the POV. Wait, sorry. You I, wrote I, it. I, I um, transcribed it from an audiobook, actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of word for word. The audiobook of the book that we've got from the deep web? Uh, yeah. yeah, I got it from the dark net. So, okay, yeah. okay. Sorry, I'm just, 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 just a bit confused. Oh, no, like no, you did you, no, I listened to it. It's read by um, Stephen Fry. Yeah. yeah. Okay, reading The Winds of Winter. Yeah. It, okay. He talks it talks like this, you know. <laughs> and, and like, oh, the, 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 blood, the blood and the brains fell on her boobs. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, so then, yeah the, most, most, most hated um, TV presenter now, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> um, but now it's, it's just doing dark web um, audiobooks. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the only the work you can get. Mm. It's the future. It's, 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 After saying yeah. all that stuff about children who've been abused, um, all he can do is now read stories about mm. children being abused on the dark web. It's karmic, isn't it? It's absolutely karmic. Um, Aaron, let's uh, hear oh, yeah, this chapter. So, yeah, the uh, Winds of Winter by um, Dal Fredo. <laughs> Giant sulfurous clouds violently erupted from winter's frosty orifice. Elephantine balls of gas flattened everything in their flatulent path. The scene was one of complete and utter destruction, akin to Dresden in 1945, or Croydon in 2017. <laughs> like an analinguist face and curry night, everything was thoroughly ravaged by the gas. Overturned horses, tipped cows, wonky donkeys, spread eagle eagles, thatched roofs viciously fractionated to single straws of hay. Within a few seconds of the blast, the plains of Yogos Nye had become littered by upended trees. Well, I thought they were upended trees. They might have been correctly erect members of the upside down tree, more formally known as a baobab tree. Although, to be honest, uh, I lack both the botanical training and the powers of mental rotation required to pontificate on such matters. 
The gas was cold. Colder than the reception of Ken Livingstone at a bar mitzvah. <laughs> My bronchioles constricted with each toke of farty winter air. Why couldn't the Night King have magically anthropomorphized one of Vivaldi's more clement concertos? Summer, spring, or concerto for four violins and cello in B minor. Each giant gust was accompanied by a low baritone sound, similar, similar to that of a bovine gangband in a foghorn. The low pitch suggested the passage of air through a fairly large orifice, a supermassive, spacey hole, more capacious than that of Oberyn's off-penetrated void. Winter must have taken amyl nitrate. Hoppers, really? In this day and age? <laughs> and to think the dandy Warhols thought heroin was passe. But why the fascination with Winter's chemically dilated ringlet? Has my development been arrested in what Sigmund Freud dubbed the bum-bum stage? No, it was a question of science, not psychoanalysis, proper science, Christian science. I need to know Westeros was in further danger. You see, if Winter had a massive sphincter, then this might portend equally massive stalls. <laughs> By virtue of a gigantic sphincter, the, in the imminent chocolate torpedoes would be of incredible <laughs> diameter. But think deeper, literally so. If Winter's sphincter was of a giant radius, it would take longer for it to contract fully and fully close the aperture. Assuming a constant flow rate of faeces, more excrement would pass between each of the aperture closers, therefore giving rise to lengthier, fuller cocoa plops. <laughs> Damn! If, if, my, if my calculations are correct, all sentient life in Westeros is about to be obliterated by a scatological doodlebug, uh, doodlebug, the magnitude of which would be way off the Bristol stool chart. The greatest peril wasn't the winds of winter, it was the poos of winter. But then, another sound, or series of sounds. I got my calculations wrong. We're in for something more pernicious. Oh no! I cried. Winter is coming! <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, um, that was uh, interesting. In interesting from the point of view that, like, uh, for the first time, the POV is written in the first person, which is a ma major departure for most of the, P um, most of the voices in the uh, A Song of Ice and Fire series. Um, wow, I, suddenly, all that talk about um, uh, Mr. Martin doing his best writing on the toilet really came to the fore in that chapter there. Um, Aaron, can you talk us through your uh, your choice of excerpts? Uh, why? What re what resonated about this um, chapter that you thought you selected it for uh, reading today? Yeah, I mean, let's face it, Game of Thrones is, is erotica, uh, particularly scatological um, mm -hmm. erotica. Um, three dire walls, one cup. Um, I don't know if you've read that. Uh, but I've, I really like that. Yeah, and I thought, so, so I thought this was sort of redolent of that. Yeah. It might turn out that the thrones that he was talking about was the toilets. Yes, the I think so. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. I mean, Trey, I mean, what do you have to add to it's that? It's pretty accurate, man. That's it, like exactly. This every morning. We George, we wake up, we smoke a bit, we smoke up, and we just... We I go we go to the bathroom, man. We're in there together. He's train driving that on already. He sleeps in that. Uh, and you, I mean, your portrayal, your your voice is your voice is okay. Yeah. But it's slightly more Malay. Okay. You know? Well, I mean, it's not my problem. It's Stephen Fry's problem, really, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. Stephen Fry's like he's not very good at uh, Malaysian accents. Let's put, <laughs> let's put the, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Can yeah, you yes, do yeah, a Malaysian yeah. accent? Uh, of course I can, but uh, Stephen Fry can. <laughs> and I think that's what we need to remember: that Stephen Fry is a fraud. Stephen Fry, 
fuck you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, not a lot of love for Stephen Fry at the table today. No, uh, no, because you, you know what he did? One time, one time I, it, we were at a vending machine, yeah? And I put in, and I wanted to get uh, some crisps. Mm-hmm. We call them chips. Yeah? Yeah. And, yeah. And, I, and I put it in and it didn't fall down. And then Stephen Fry came and then he took two bags, including mine, after I'd gone and asked for help. He once took my Stephen Fry's Turkish delight. It's no oh, good like, joke. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep yeah. that. Keep it in. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was, I was also um, chips. I was also like rem- uh, remarking on. Uh, I was struck by you chose a a, char- uh, a character POV from a character who uh, up until this point has not been mentioned in the books. This is a new character. Uh, Darlin Frodo. Dal Frodo. Dal yeah, Frodo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I didn't really get much of a sense of the character, or who, who he was, or where he was, or what he was doing. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, I thought it was quite self-evident. He was a kind of Indian, French lentil eater with a specific interest in in amphibians. So, I didn't get that. At all, Any but... relation to Dal Singh from Street Fighter Two? <laughs> yes, it was, but his limbs are less long. But his cock. Can extend quite far. It comes out and not. It's not. It doesn't come out in this God. chapter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The little bit. I must be related to Dalsing then, for I uh, have a, a cock that can expand uh, multiple distances. <laughs> nice. <It's> a... <laughs> nice. Good. Good. I, 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 yeah. I mean, like, it's 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 always. I I thought to myself as well. Like, usually when um uh, George R. Martin George R. R. Squared Martin uh, George R. Squared Martin yeah. um introduces a new character in the yeah. series, they usually get killed off pretty quickly. Um, and this was I was expecting like mm. there's a it's it's the uh, uh convention he follows that every character mm. that you read that mm. starts a book mm. and you've never heard of them, mm. you don't know who they are, right? Mm. They will die. That's a convention. Yeah, well, series, spoiler right? alert. I mean, at the end, winter is coming and. He actually gets Bukaki to death. Right. This guy is like, I was hoping that would be included in the actual chapter. Oh, uh, oh um, it, yeah. It's all left unsaid, though. It's left unsaid. Okay, so yeah. it dies off, off the page, yeah. so to speak. Okay, okay. Anybody else have any thoughts about this um, character, Dal Fredo? Um, I, I, yeah, again, I thought it was really interesting. It was the first person. Um, that was great. It's something different. Change your pace, right? Yeah. And I like the introduction of this character, Winter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm interested to see what's going to happen here. Yeah, I, I'm apparently because that, that that doesn't come up again, does it? In that in the book, never, never. Mm. I mean, like it's um, it's it's first I've heard. Well, it's just yeah. a spell to make Vivaldi's winter into a thing. Yeah, yeah. Also, the use of um musical cues, I like that. wasn't necessary. It wasn't necessary, yeah. but like um, it was completely it gave... unnecessary, man. <laughs> Presumably, in the book, is he's Bert Crotchets. And... He does, yeah. He does notation for that, but yeah, mm. yeah. It was not needed, but like, I, I mean, I got the idea, but like, it was good that we had it there, um, and I'm glad that you committed to it as well. Oh, thank you. Yes. I like that on the, the 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 page, it just says at the end, it says fat, 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 fat. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh God! I cried. Winter is coming. <laughs> um, well, I mean, it's quite hard to transcribe. Um, well, this noise. I don't know. You can imagine Stephen Fry's cog, but he method acted this bit. No. <laughs> 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 um, well, thanks for thanks for that chapter, Aaron. Um, we actually have another chapter actually. Uh, that uh, uh, we we have uh, Trey. You 
you're closest to this. I mean, how do you feel about actually reading your good friend's work, even though we're kind of like doing it without his uh, consent or knowledge? Because we got this from the deep web. I mean, I don't know how you feel about doing this. Um, yeah, well, man, George and I as you fell out. Uh, I, I, it was I, I leaked the book, man. As you, Whoa. you leaked the book. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Gnarly, <laughs> man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you fall out? How can we fall out? You uh, seem to be speaking of him with such a lot like fondness and affection. Huh? Yeah, I do. I love him, man. But he said some things about surfers, and I just couldn't let it go. He, wow, what? I didn't realize that he had the thing against surfers. The uh, dude hates waves. He hates the waves, and uh, I just had to get back in something. I couldn't let it go unsaid. You know, right, couldn't right, right. not say it, man. You're representing your people and. This is for them. This is for my people. I mean, yeah. Surfer dude community. And hopefully in the future, like, we'll, ha we'll be in other positions as well. You know, at the moment, like, we're just beach. People think of us. They think all we do is like, hey, you just sit around. You don't do anything. This is about, like, my, my culture, man. Right, right. Aren't you, a aren't you concerned that you will now lose your position as the official accent consultant on the series? No, I got I'm on, con I'm on contract, man. Okay. I'm under contract. Isn't, wouldn't this constitute a violation of that contract, though? Oh, like, no, no. We did it straight away, man. Like, before it was even successful, we were under contract. I was like, dude, if this gets big, you got to keep me there. And he was like, he, and he was like, Trey, I get, I, we can do the contract. <laughs> get, get out that contract. Let's do it now. And then we just did it. And, uh... <laughs> Yeah, and I've I'm for a hundred years. I'm I'm at the helm. I'm actually one of the top creatives. Oh yeah, for sure. But like, okay, like speaking with my a limited my knowledge of legal, like there are sort of like clauses within every contract which basically state that if you violate a term of like privacy or confidentiality, it basically nullifies your contract. This would constitute an a violation. Of that confidentiality. That's so why you have. N Did you sign an NDA or something like that? Uh, uh, uh I don't know. Um, I would fuck Trey. I would recons. I would. I would consider your position. I mean, obviously, I'm can gonna we? release this episode. I'm sorry. I mean, oh, I could. Man. I could redact your name from it if you want, but no. Oh shit! Fuck! <laughs> You're. Uh, I'm really sorry, Trey. I <laughs> fuck. I didn't know. I mean, you could. <laughs> I look. You were the one who just admitted to, to it. What the hell you play? Come on, man. I, I come in. I come in. I come into your home from nowhere. How do you think I knew to come here? I fucking email you the book as a PDF, and then you, you don't think to have this conversation. You know I'm a surfer. You know we're fucking dumb. Well, I just thought you. Were, I didn't know that you were going to admit on the show that you were the the source of the leak. I, I take it back, man. <laughs> uh, I take it all back. <laughs> so you, fuck you, George. I take it all back. Boom. Can I hear my chapter? Yes. Do you want to? Do you want? Are you comfortable reading the chapter? Yeah, well, now I took it all back, so... Okay, <laughs> all right, okay, It's okay, okay. fine, yeah. Uh, I got two kind of chapters. Like, one of them's a bit shorter, but mm. I'm doing this all from memory, right? So... Okay. You know, I've, we, I don't remember everything so good, so it might be a bit stop and start. That's fine, that's fine. 
so yeah. Yeah. Uh Daenerys Stormborn stepped down from City Walls. King's Landing is taken <laughs> She cried to hordes of peasants who gradually emerged from holes. All of you are free! Free from your slaving away! For I am the breaker of chains and really not fond of slavery! Uh, we aren't slaves, said one small man. You aren't? Because just to reiterate, not a fan of slavery. No. I'm an indentured labourer, cried a man at the back. That doesn't quite, that doesn't count, I don't think, said Daenerys. Well, actually, said a bearded man in a nasal voice. We're all wage slaves because the bourgeois are extracting excess value from our labour. Right! I'm totally convinced, said Daenerys. <laughs> oh, said Daenerys. I will crush them with my dragons. But then what? <laughs> Asked Tyrion, who was often suspicious of Marxism. Fund social programs with taxation? Suggested Daenerys. Taxation is theft! <laughs> a, man, a man at the back house spewing spittle across the rooms rose in the front of him. I said spittle, but I actually meant to type skittles. <laughs> He was eating Skittles. Way too many Skittles than he could, than someone should be able to eat. No one should have been able to eat this many Skittles. Let's just kill that guy who was eating all the Skittles and call it quits for now. The bourgeois sowed the seeds of their own destruction. I'm heading back into the desert, said Daenerys. Yeah. That's the first one. Oh, okay, all right. That's the uh, first one. Do you want to discuss that one, or do you want to move on to the next one and then discuss them both together? I uh, mean, there's a lot to unpack. I there. think they link up, man. You know. So this is about the the, the next one is from uh, the Night King. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the one that a lot of our readers out there have been looking forward to. Yeah, because yeah. no, you know, this guy. He's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last seen firing a rocket missile at Jon Snow. Yeah, firing rocket missile. Goes and this is this is a flashback of like when he became the Night King. Mm. So like just after you become the Night King, just after, and then he so it goes like this. The Night King looked around for babies. He loved babies. Ah, <laughs> uh, I wish I could have some babies. <laughs> I wanted to touch them on the face so they could turn into little zombies. Said the Night King. <laughs> Mr. Night King, Mr. Night King. Another zombie dude ran in from the side. <laughs> I got you some babies, Mr. Night <laughs> Perfect! I love them. <laughs> and that's basically it, man. <laughs> you know, he's a man of a few words. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the entire chapter. <laughs> it's like half a page about the Night King getting his order of babies. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it, it does beg the question: Did we need this chapter? <laughs> Doesn't really yeah. advance the plot. I. <laughs> well, well, you know, that's when George and I started to like 
rift started to form in our friendship. Right, know? right, right. Yeah, so Night King likes babies, touching them on the face, let them turn to other babies. Right. I don't know how that was a link to the previous chapter. You said oh, they were linked. because it's uh, Marxism, man. <laughs> don't you know? Uh, yeah. Let's, let's talk about why you selected selected these two chapters to excerpt uh, for this episode what is what what drew you to these uh, chapters uh, what, uh, do, you, do you have fond memories of like the writing of these chapters were you there for their uh, their their, their uh, conception yeah this one I think we like we used the dictaphone app on the iPhone when we were on the way to we actually went to Burger King <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, so we were going to Burger King and then uh, George was like hey I've got an idea Let's do it now. And then he just did it. And then that's how it came out. And there are some things that he said different things. So babies was actually mistranslated when we did the first bit with the guy poking a baby in the face when he like goes, and the baby's eye yes. goes to an ice cube. Yes. His baby's eye turns into ice cubes. Yes, right. And then? And then... It wasn't actually meant to say babies, it was meant to say boys. Like the things that float in the ocean. To to so that's what the Night King actually wanted. But then the dictaphone Siri thought that he was saying babies and we were like, dude, that's much better. We put in babies. So Apple get a, a partial credit for writing in this one. So you feel like you should get like um, a little bit of an acknowledgement in the books for you. Oh I do, I do man. That's fair. I think that's absolutely fair. That's a vi- That's much better than boys. That's so much better than boys. Where would they get a boy from? Like, oh no, they go to the ocean, man. Yeah, I, I guess I never thought about it that way. Um, yeah, that, that's why they want to go. That's why they're trying to go south. You know, there's no ocean up there. The ocean's all frozen and stuff. Right. That one gnarly wave. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, but that changes the entirety of their mission. Then, if you said they wanted to go south for boys. But now it turns out they get babies, so what, are they going south for babies? No, they still want the boys as well. Okay, alright, that's still part of the uh, legend of the... Yeah, but it's cooler, you know? It is. baby. Otherwise you'd have, like, zombie boys, like, rolling around on the land. Who doesn't like a good zombie boy, right? That's good stuff. Um, I I also wonder, like, um, this is the first time that, like, um, the uh, spectre of Marxism has reared its head in the uh, world of uh, Westeros. I mean... You would have thought that they're living under a feudal system, such um, concepts wouldn't apply to them right now. Yeah, but you know, uh, Tyrion Lannister is like really like he's smart. Yes, he is smart, yeah. really smart. He's like a clever guy, a clever guy. He figured it all out though, you know. He's a little he, guy. He but saw he's where it was going. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can see why they wanted to get rid of Daenerys. I mean, workers, all you have to lose is the breaker of chains. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that is it. That's yeah. Total mm. lose the break of change situation. Mm. Uh, I would I would have liked to have seen more Tyrion in that chapter. Um, he's a fan favorite. Um, uh, everybody loves Tyrion, right? Um, he's a, 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 a the man says like um, even a little man can cast a tall shadow. Uh, speaking of which, do we have a wee man update for uh, this week? <laughs> Oh, we man. Yeah, yeah, we man up there. I think Dan's out on the field. Dan often. Dan often's he's out on the field. field yeah. Is he? That's what he's doing today. Looking yeah. for we man. He's actually looking for we man. Searching for we man. He is searching for we man. Um, uh, I've said this in the previous episode, but we do have a Facebook group now. Um, if you go on there, you will find the official we man thread. The searching for we man thread. 
please post us all your wee man tips. We'd love to hear them. Or just, you know, send to us at thinkingthepodcast at gmail.com. I thought I saw Wee Man, but it turned out to be um, a French version of the Jim Carrey film Yes Man. (laughs) So it wasn't it. That was still more helpful than any listener had been. Oh, thank you, thank you. Still useful and helpful. We'll take any tip. (laughs) See, see people out there listening. That's the bar you have to surpass for Wee Man tips. Honestly, that's the bar you have to surpass. There we go. Um, Look, we I've enjoyed this a lot. I've enjoyed this a lot. It's been great breaking down like the winds of winter um and i i can't help but feel that like would we be able to improve this book in any way and i know that it's not been officially released which is even better because it means that george if you're listening to this right you can still like make it better you can make this work even better than it is right now so i'm gonna ask us all to give george rr R. martin some notes no, 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 Tell George to his face, like, what do you think of this book and how, you know, he could improve it. I just, I think that, you know, like, once uh, the, the, oh man, <laughs> I feel bad, well, why? you know, bad about this whole thing, you know. Uh, I mean, you kind of made your bed, you've got to, like, kind of, you know, you know what I'm gonna, now. You know what I'm going to do? What? I'm gonna tell him to rewrite it. The whole thing? Maybe. No. I don't know, I can't decide. Should I? I mean, there were some great chapters there, my friend. There were some very good chapters. It'd be a shame to throw the baby out of the bathwater. Babies, you know who likes babies? The Night King. George. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, is he also like babies as well? Oh, yeah. This, uh, the Night King's also based on like the shadow of George. Oh fuck! His dark side. Oh that. yeah, no, maybe you shouldn't have. Wait, he likes. Like, is this to eat or fuck? Because no, he just like poking their faces, oh. poking their little faces, oh, and putting okay. ice cubes on their eyes. <laughs> oh, okay, that's that's sorry, that's okay. Oh, you with George R. R. Martin? Yeah, you, you know, if you're out, you got a baby, go up to George, be like, hey George, check on my baby, and then George will go like, can I poke his cheek, and then they'll be like, yeah. <laughs> it's a very intimidating presence of this large man wearing a train driver's hat, like wanting to poke your baby. He's in the face. seven foot four. You know that, man. I had no idea he was seven foot four. He's, he's massive. He's he, 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 all the characters are based on him, apart from Tyrion. <laughs> Especially the mountain. <laughs> uh, this is again great insight into the mind of a genius. Um, any, uh, Alice, have any any notes for George R. R. Martin, the giant? Um, just probably more like gratuitous sex. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> yeah, I feel that was great. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was some good gratuitous sex in those. There episodes. should be more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, some like any any couples you want to see get together, like um, in the series that haven't gotten together already. Ah. I no, see... I don't want to spoil it for the, the listeners. I, don't want to spoil I think it. we spoiled quite a lot of stuff for the okay, listeners. Okay, okay, okay. Sansa, man. 
Bran and Sans. They're, they're, si- brother and they're sister. siblings. Yeah, that never stopped <laughs> before. <laughs> well, you hear that here first. Like the ship Bransa has now been that's, like. That's set. I would say. Oh my! Yeah. Okay. Brienne and Tyrion. Oh yeah. Because like go. between them, their baby would be normal, right? Yeah. Oh, that's how it works. That's Excuse works. me. What do you mean normal? Sized. You mean you won't be a surfer, don't you? <laughs> I didn't say that. No, no, I didn't say that. Ah, normal size. What do you mean normal? That's actually, that's, you know what, that was a judgmental phrase I used there. Normal is a judgmental word. What I meant to say is like, maybe their child will be of average height. There you go. Yeah. Mm. There we go, there mm. we go. Saved it, saved it. Uh, Joe, what would you, what would you, how would you have improved this book? Uh, well, um, um, give Theon his willy back. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good one. I don't think that's going to happen though, my friend. Spoiler alert, Theon's willy does not grow back in this book, um, against all odds. Uh, but he does get a wooden one made. That was also a surprising choice by George R. R. Martin. You thought you just wouldn't draw attention to it anymore, but he got a big old wooden dick that was ten times too big uh, and just, just it's like, distracting. It's like, when really. it's like, it's like Pinocchio. <laughs> yeah, like, totally. except that Pinocchio had had his dick chopped off beforehand. <laughs> Theon, are you telling a lie? You're being a huge wrong direction. No, it doesn't move, it's just wood. <laughs> and the tragic thing is that is that to get it to go back down, he actually has to chop off <laughs> the rest of his dick with it with an axe. But saves him a lot of time. Saves him a lot saves of time. Saves him so much time. Um, so yeah, okay. So Theon gets his dick back. I think that's a good note to have. George, please. Look, you live in a world of dragons and magic. Let the brother grow his dick back with magic. Come on, just give him that. Yeah. Give him that. Oh, so how? Yeah. How would you have improved this book? Uh, I, well, I mean, I know it's the fantasy series, but I would have made this more scientifically accurate. There's lots of in- inaccuracies in in this book. I mean, he, just, well, yeah, the, the most symptomatic thing is he's called this book, yeah, the world of ice and fire. <laughs> Those things wouldn't coexist. The the ice would melt into water and then put out the fire. Right, but you're saying that ice and fire can't coexist in the world. Have you ever seen ice and fire? Well, yeah, but the, in the world, we live on a world of ice and fire. Do we? Well, yeah. No, isn't it? They they can't not exist without... I mean, you can't make fire without water. So it should just be called it's The right. Song of Water. <laughs> so, the Song of Slightly Lukewarm Water. Is is, I, I would think. Yeah. Pretty okay. interesting, yeah. All I right. mean, fire is not... You should have called water this... Water would put out fire, You so should have no. called the, the, the book Wet, Wet, Wet. Oh yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You like water, don't you? Oh. Yeah, no, I saw the glint in your eye <laughs> when somebody out. said water. <laughs> yeah, I like. Yeah. yeah, this guy likes water. This guy gets it. Nothing so better. Than I mean, smoking yeah. bud. <laughs> that's not what I meant, but like smoking bud. Sure, sure, that's good <laughs> as well. Um, yeah. So, like, you what, okay? So you take exception. To, you want it to be more scientifically accurate. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Don't you think though that this is why we want to read it? Because we don't want this like held down by science. No, 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 no fantasy. No. Okay. No, no fantasies. No fantasy. No. You don't want you. So okay. All right. You objected to the entirety of the genre then. Um, yeah, I think all books should just be science books. Coldly factual. Yeah. No. No, no fiction. Well, Harren, you're not. You're and not you making go back to medical school, Chin. I think this is ridiculous. Doing an English degree, doing your own fucking podcast. Please come back. That's what your. That's what your dad. Wanted me to tell you don't on this talk, podcast. Don't put words in my father's mouth. That's not cool. I put something else in his mouth. A penis. 
A wet bud. <laughs> yeah. A nice, nice wooden cock. Yeah. A dank wooden cock. Yeah. The dankest wooden cocks. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for your contribution. <laughs> you, I'll pass that on to my father. Uh, let him know. Um, I I think um, you've got raised some great points today. Uh, I definitely think the sex and violence could be upped a huge amount in this book. Um, in many ways, uh, the chapter with Sam Wells' vigilante antics pointed a glorious future to the conclusion of the series because we are nearing the end of the books now. Things are going to start picking up. We're going to see a lot of storylines that have been held off coming to a close as we reach the like the, the show, which will be uh, premiering the day before this episode goes out. Uh, is it's already in its penultimate series. We know a lot of the uh, things are coming to a close, and the book series doesn't seem to be getting close to it. But I think now, after reading this, I get an idea of where this book is going, and I think my note to George R. R. Martin would be. Put down the Big Macs, George, right? Get back to the typewriter and write, write as much. I know you might use them as a muse for yourself, but like, dude, I'm worried about your health. You get, you gotta relax, lay off the burgers, uh, maybe just like, you know, eat some more salads. Introduce a bit more fiber into your diet. Um, I think it will do the world of difference for you. Uh, but there, there you go, George R. R. Martin. I hope you are listening to this and know that um, we did enjoy the book, but I can't wait till a dream of summer when you wrap it all up. Um, thank you very much for coming down today, guys. Joining me for this very special episode. I had a lot of fun. Um, does anybody have anything they, they'd like to plug? Um, in August, uh, Dan and Poppin mm. and I will be doing a show in the Edinburgh Fringe from the 19th to the 26th at Barbados, room seven. Seven o'clock in the evening. Start preparing your Edinburgh timetables. Yes, everybody. Uh, August is going to be uh, a fun month um, for everybody at this table, I predict. Uh, but um, anybody else going to think the plug? I've got hamburgers. Hamburgers are good. Hey, what, what do you call a royale with cheese? Uh, Where you're from? Yeah, we call it a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Oh, you know what's great? Bud. <laughs> I'm plugging Bud. Plugging Bud and Burgers. Bud and Burgers. It's a good a new podcast with Trey Birkenstock. Oh, Coming yeah. Coming out first. soon. Check out my podcast. Uh, yeah. Cut that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it's Trey again. Uh, just check out my podcast, Bud and Burgers, where we sit down, we talk to some of the best Bud we can get our hands on, and have 50 hamburgers at the same time. It's me and George R. R. Martin. Goes for 20 hours each time. <laughs> it's a lot of chewing noises. It's a really bad idea, but we love it. <laughs> well, uh, I, I hope. Button burgers. Button burgers. I look forward to, uh, well, listening to that and getting that in my ears. Um, as always, uh, we are on iTunes. Like and subscribe to us on iTunes. You can write to us at fakinglitpodcast at gmail.com if you have any, um, any of the issues on this uh, show have affected you in some way. Get in touch. Let us know. Uh, you can also find us on fakinglit.wordpress.com where you can find uh, episodes and reviews that we've written. Leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Um, I think that just about wraps it up. Oh, and also, 
We've got a Facebook group now. Um, I've mentioned it before, but why don't you get on the uh, the old Facebook and check us out. You can leave us a message there, leave us Wee Man tips uh, and any other stuff. Uh, we're trying to build a community, I guess. How many people have liked our page so far? 32 people. Hey, if you're visitor number 40, why don't you, we'll find out who you are and send you something. We'll give you a shout out. We'll give you a shout out, even better. That requires the least amount of effort. So, uh, yes. Thank you very much for joining me today. It's been most enjoyable. Why don't you join us uh, again next week where we'll be resuming our summer reading season. Uh, but until then, my name's been Shinti. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Super Lux, Super Lux, Super Lux, Super Lux.